0: We have a really cool local guest on Let Me Be Frank today. His Excellency is talking with Chris Otis. She heads up youth ministry at St. Aloysius Church in New Canaan, and her approach to youth ministry at St. A's has been three-pronged. It's focused on prayer, service, and worship. And so she's gonna talk about what they're doing at St. A's, how it's been successful, why it's been successful, and how to engage young people and get them involved and to become real leaders. So keep your radio right here at 1350 AM or 103.9 FM, or keep us on the phone with the Veritas mobile app. You can get the app at the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or veritascatholic.com. Let Me Be Frank is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. Foundations in Faith embraces innovative approaches to funding pastoral care programs in the Diocese of Bridgeport. Resources focus on energizing lifelong faith formation and discipleship, and fostering a commitment to justice and accompaniment with our most vulnerable. From seminarians to retired priests, from baptism to last rites, from suburbs to inner cities, the reach is broad and the impact is meaningful. For more information, visit them on the web at foundationsinfaith.org. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, it's good to be with you, my friend, and I'm excited about our guest and the topics we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awesome. Um, I do want to wish you still happy Easter. Yes, yes, and for (laughs) five more weeks, we can do that, so we're fine. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah,
0: Awesome. Okay, so let me introduce because this is going to be a great conversation. Um we have with us today Chris Otis. Chris, along with her husband John, are parishioners of St. Aloysius in New Canaan where she is also the youth minister. Chris is in her 10th year leading the youth ministry effort, and before that she was the confirmation coordinator for 4 years. She graduated from the University of Missouri with a bachelor of journalism. Where she also played on the intercollegiate field hockey team. Upon graduation, she began a career in the hotel industry in sales and marketing, which spanned 15 years, after which she, she stayed home to raise her three boys, Evan, Ben, and Logan. Chris and her husband, John, will be married 38 years this August. She is doing incredible work in youth ministry at St. Aloysius, and that's why she's on today. Chris Otis, thank you so much for joining us on Let Me Be Frank.
2: Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and and share, you know, the opportunities that um, that we make available for our youth and and hopefully inspire others to make opportunities available for their youth to, amen. To, to to help bishop with his 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 concept, his vision of our new church here in the Diocese of Bridgeport.
3: Amen, sister, amen. <laughs> Say it again. I absolutely agree. The
2: one, the one, <laughs> here we go. <laughs>
3: well, Chris, listen, first of all, thank you for being on the show. And and I over the years we've come to know each other very well. And I'm delighted that you're here. But people who are listening may not know who Chris Otis is. So what part of your personal journey are you comfortable telling us about yourself, your journey of faith? Let's start with that.
2: Sure, sure. So I was actually, I, I'll start at the very beginning. I was baptized and received all of my sacraments of initiation in the Ukrainian church in Philadelphia. Oh. And uh, my, my grandfather came over from the Ukraine when he was 16, and my mother's parents were Polish. And so I was raised in a Catholic household. We went to church every Sunday. Um, my, uh, my, my mother enrolled me in, in CCD, even though I had received all my sacraments of initiation, because it was important for, for me to learn the faith. And that's what they wanted to instill within, within me. And my mom was in the choir. My dad was an usher. And at almost 92 years old, he is still an usher at our parish in Maryland.
3: Oh, my. Yeah. yeah.
2: So so, you know, we were a Catholic family and I went off to college and uh, praise God, I can continued to go to mass. It was important to me. And um, but I I do have to say, I think it was really in my adulthood that I really felt that my faith was awakened. I you know, I we my husband and I lived in the city. We moved here when our oldest was going to kindergarten. And uh, as he began his religious formation, our dear friend, Carol Pernard, tried to get me to be a catechist over and over. And I kept saying, I got a baby. I got a baby. I can't do it. Well, when my baby was old enough to start, I said, you've got me. So I started teaching religious ed here at St. Aloysius. And my co-catechist and I actually took a class from first grade all the way through confirmation and there were definitely benefits to that bishop uh because it 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 kind of makes me think of what you're you're talking about in this this vision of the one with small groups we got in a little but we got in a boat and for Mm -hmm. eight Mm -hmm. years we were a Mm -hmm. small group where you know we got very comfortable with our students they got comfortable with one another they were able Mm -hmm. to open up and discuss our faith um so i was a catechist and then one day carol pernard came to me and said have you ever thought about going back to work? And I said, well, I don't know. What are you talking about? And she brought me in as the confirmation coordinator and I helped her. And then she went off to the diocese and Mm -hmm. I worked with our confirmation students here for four years. And then I had this idea that I wanted to go off back into the secular world and make more money and go back into sales. And so off I went, I, uh, I resigned to Monsignor Shide and I went to work as my husband uh, says I was pitching puzzles. I was working for a children's toy company, selling toys. Oh and my! God. Yes, so it was very different. And um, from those who know me, sitting with a headset on behind a desk for eight hours is not Chris Otis. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it was very interesting. that The Holy Spirit was definitely tugging on me because as I got to the end of my street every day. I had to go left to go to my job. And something inside of me kept saying, go right, go right, which was the way to St. Aloysius, was the mm-hmm. way home. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, Monsignor Shied had hired a new youth minister. The, uh, the young man lasted one week and he was without a youth minister. And I started thinking and thoughts were placed in my head and on my heart. And I started praying and I started discerning. And I finally got up the courage to say to my husband, I'm having these ideas about maybe going to Monsignor and and offering to be the youth minister at St. Aloysius. What do you think? I'm not young. I'm not young. I'm not hip. I'm not cool. And he said, Chris, you should go talk to Monsignor. And I went and, t- and, and spoke with Monsignor and um, it was one of the best days of my life because mm-hmm. um, I really figured out what God Needed me to do, wanted me to do here, in this world. So um, I sat with Monsignor. I said, "Look, I'm not young. I'm not cool. I'm not hip, but I'm a mom, and I've got boys in, you know, in our youth ministry program and our youth group program, and they don't really want to go. And so I would, I would change course, and I would." Break away from what we are doing, and I would center everything on three pillars: prayer, service, and worship. And he said, "Let's go." And off we went.
3: And 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 Saint <laughs> aloysius has never been the same since.
0: Huh? <laughs> well, I don't know about that.
3: <laughs> so I'm just curious. From your youth, uh, what do you remember of that formation? Right. Um, what, what, what was your experience like?
2: So, you know what, I, I, I have to be honest with you, I don't remember a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a lot of the classes. I, I do remember going to confirmation and watching everybody else receive the sacrament and sitting in mm-hmm. the back. You know, I remember that and feeling kind of a little left out, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I do. But I, what I do remember from my faith as a child is just um, how important it was to my parents and um how they instilled the faith in in us how you know we prayed every night you know i i i can remember you know seeing my mother sitting somewhere in the house with her little prayer book Mm -hmm. and she had all things stuffed in her little prayer book and this continued all throughout you know my life and um you know when when my mom passed away five years ago i asked my dad could i have her little prayer book because i wanted to have that and i wanted to see what was in it
1: and mm-hmm.
2: so i that's one of my most treasured you know possessions mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is her mm-hmm. little prayer book mm-hmm. and um you know i remember you, you know we're right at the easter season i remember going to the ukrainian church with my grandfather and we would bring our basket of of, of food to be blessed And there in the Ukrainian church, you would, we would go into the church first and he would take us into a pew and we would pray. And the crucifix to be venerated was up in the front. And Bishop, you did not walk up to the crucifix in that church. You crawled on your knees Mm
1: -hmm. to Jesus Mm
2: -hmm. to venerate the cross. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather didn't sit close. (laughs) <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> Chris, do you have any relatives in the Ukraine? Because I'm I'm thinking not, about the not, war and not, stuff.
2: Not that I'm aware of. No, not that we're aware of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably distant ones, but not really that that I'm aware right, of. And you're... and both of both my Ukrainian par- uh, grandparents and my Polish grandparents. I mean, all the Ukrainian traditions, you know, they we, they were shared, and my my mother and father, you know, brought them into our household. So mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. beautiful and and yeah. I've tried to keep a few of them up. I I still bring a basket of food to be blessed to St. Aloysius every Easter because that's our family tradition. That's how I was raised. And I right. said to my husband be careful! That butter is blessed. It can't be thrown away. We have to. We exactly. have to you have exactly. to. You know. You have exactly. to eat all the crumbs. You can't just throw them in the trash. But,
3: but you know what, Chris? That illustrates what we've been talking about in my conversations with parish leaders, and what yes. we've been ta- and I've been talking about it on the podcast. Culture and the traditions are so important, and young people love them.
2: Yes. Yes. They love them. Yeah. Because
3: yeah. it's funny; those are the things you kind of remember. Isn't it? Every person I've asked. Right. Yeah.
2: And it's important to me to pass those things along to my children, because Mm -hmm. that's part of, of our heritage as a family. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and you know, when, when, when they would go to my parents' house, all these things would happen. And my father would explain, this is this is the blessed egg. This is the blessed kabasa This is the little prayer I'm saying. This is what it means, you know, repeat mm-hmm. after me. So that they learned those things. You yep. know, they learned those traditions. And they were part of our heritage and our faith heritage. Not just our heritage, our faith heritage.
3: Exactly. Without a doubt. Exactly. Yeah. So day one of youth ministry at St. A's. Yes. Right? Do you remember those first couple of I, months?
2: Oh, I absolutely do. So, <laughs> so I was a mom, right? So who mm-hmm. do I reach out to? My mom friends who have children, who have teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I hosted uh, uh, several coffees and I brought moms in and I said, this is where we were. This is where we would like to go. I need your help. Can I count on you? Because in this parish, the traditional model of youth ministry, which works in many parishes, but it didn't seem to work here at St. A's. Um, The traditional, let's go to the teen mass. Let's go have pizza. Let's play some games. let's, Let's have a little catechesis on a Sunday night. In New Canaan, Sunday night is one of the few nights where an entire family can be together and have dinner. Because so many of our parents commute into the city, and so what we were doing was was we were kind of ripping them away from that opportunity, and to me that just wasn't right. Because mm-hmm. my own husband worked in the city, and I knew what it was like. And you know, kids would come to me and say, "Look, we don't want to come have pizza and play games. We want to do something." So we, as I said, we we started um, building around these three pillars of prayer, service, and worship and leadership within, you know, leadership opportunities. So our teens had skin in the game. So we have we we are very blessed to have a very vibrant teen mass here at St. Aloysius with wonderful music and lots of teens that are readers, they're extraordinary ministers of holy communion, they sing, our ushers are not grown men or women, they are our teenagers. They are juniors and seniors. who who organize and lead the collection and greet people. Um, We started Teen Adoration. uh, And we started with an iPad with music and 12 kids in the chapel. And praise God, last month, uh, after our Emmaus Teen Retreat, we had 100 young people at Adoration on a Wednesday night. And all of our music is led by our Teen Adoration leader. Our kids love to Come in from the outside noise of the world and spend that time with Jesus. They crave it. They crave it. Um, We started a teen rosary group. And then we started just offering lots of different opportunities where young people could serve others. Mm -hmm. And, Mm And because we weren't offering it. We, we were not we were not doing that here at St. Aloysius. And that's what these kids wanted to do. That's what these young people wanted to do. And and Bishop, you remember the Catholic Service Corps, which was your idea um, years ago. And I will tell you that um, I loved that concept so much that to this day we serve as the Catholic Service Corps of St. Aloysius under that model. Amen. Because it works, my friend. It works. It certainly Bishop. does.
3: It certainly and actually, it's going to be. Since we're talking, we're in Easter. <laughs> it is going to have a resurrection now with this new with the one. It's well, going that makes, to come back.
2: That makes me very happy because mm-hmm. when you when you look at breaking away from the traditional youth group model where you you don't have a group of kids coming once a week or twice a month at, you know, sitting in front of you with an opportunity to share catechesis with them. You have to figure out a way to still make sure that we're teaching them about the faith Mm -hmm. and the Catholic service Corps is the perfect template. If you, Mm -hmm. if, if you will, you know, we start with some type of a scripture passage. So we're bringing the word in and that scripture passage has something to do with our mission. The the, the scripture passage is then connected to the mission. This is what happened in the scripture passage. This is what we're doing today. This is how it is connected. We pray, and I don't pray. One of our team leaders prays. We teach them how to pray and lead prayer in in, in the setting of a group. We serve, and then afterwards we come together together. And we reflect because I don't want young people to be, you know, to come and serve and say, wow, I feel so great about that. That was awesome. I feel good. I did a good thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to reflect and say, where where did I see God today? Who was I Christ to? Who was I Jesus to? Right. Right. You know, right. what? how may, after after serving these people on the fringe, right, mm-hmm. those people, because I always say to kids, who did Jesus hang out with? He didn't hang out with the popular people, right? He hung out. He went to all the people that nobody wanted to be with, right. the people that really needed him, right? right? And and so how now might you look at life differently as now that you've served these people, now that right. you've, you've had an right. encounter with these people?
1: Right. Right.
2: I, had, I had a young woman, we had a, we had a tea for our seniors uh, a couple of weeks ago. I love intergenerational events.
3: Well, that was, you know what? Love before, it. Before, and then allow me to inter- interrupt your story just for a second. In the new iteration of the Catholic Service Corps, it will be intergenerational.
2: I love it. I, because it has to I absolutely to love it. And yeah, we, talk, we so to, tell us of, what, you,
3: what happened. Yeah.
2: One of our outreach ministries is what we call service to seniors. So our teens plan and execute events with our senior citizens. A lot of times on Sunday afternoons, one time, one woman told me that Sunday is the loneliest day of the week for me, a widow, you know, a, the a loneliest day of the week. I go to church and then I come home to my quiet house. So a lot of times we will do these events on Sunday afternoons. And so we had this tea. And at the end, when we gathered together to reflect on what had just happened, this one one uh, uh, high school young lady said to me, well, I think today I was the ears of Jesus. And I said, the ears of Jesus. And I, I thought to myself, I have never heard that. Not even from an adult. You hear, I'm the hands of Jesus. I'm the feet of Jesus. I'm the, Right. She said, "I was the ears of Jesus," and I prompted her, "Why? Why do you say that? Why do you think that?" And she said, "Because the lady that I was sitting with needed to talk to somebody, and I think God put me here today because I was the person that would listen to her." Mm-hmm. Boom, right?
3: Absolutely so. Bel-
2: beautiful, beautiful, Absolutely beautiful.
3: So. beautiful. Absolutely so. So, and 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 I think the more we can also help our young people understand how the of the virtues of life are the thread that holds everything together in faith and can be the way they can speak to other young people who perhaps are not faithful or not practicing their faith, have no faith, right? right. It's the commonality of it all. Because to be honest or to be generous or to be prudent or to be temperate or to, right, to be kind, those are the things that you know young people would be tremendous ambassadors tremendous oh right? no they
2: they are they're better than us sometimes <laughs> most oh, yeah. of the time oh, you know yeah. the i we, whatever we do it it you know we we are our team leaders and every single outreach we does have team leaders and so we work together and they're the ones that help plan execute Decide what we're doing. Recruit, right? Because they can't do it themselves. So you go out and you ask other young people to come and help do this. And then before we enter into mission, we have our little team meeting and they run the meeting. They, they run the meeting. And as I said, they pray. And at the end, after we reflect, they pray and for example when we go down we we serve at a place called the thorpe family residence in the bronx which is a transitional apartment complex for single mothers and their children so these mm-hmm. are moms that just can't afford to be in an apartment right now and so at the end we we say goodbye to the children we walk outside onto the street on crotona avenue and we reflect and we circle up and we pray right on the street right on the street and i say to these young people you, you just have to have the courage to just be comfortable in your Catholic skin to be able to just stand right here in a circle and pray on the street.
1: It's mm-hmm.
2: beautiful witness to those driving by, walking by. And to, and guess what? To the little kids who are now up in their apartment building, looking out the window, waving to them, because they've had just an amazing time with them. Right. So, right.
3: Where yeah. else do you go for service? Any, any oh, other we,
2: uh, we have a, a, a We go to Malta House. We love going mm-hmm. to Malta House. Um, we've, we will have the, the, fam- the moms and the children from Malta House here. We will go there. Sometimes we help them on their Saturday outreach days where they have uh, their outreach families come for diapers and, and donations and that type of thing. And we'll take a group of teens over and, and just set up recreational equipment and games and books. And our kids will hold babies and entertain the children while these moms are getting their donations. We've, we've, wow. co- we've gone to their kitchen and cooked and served dinner for them and set, you know, the teens have set a beautiful table in the, in their community room there. And then our teens watch the children in the kitchen, you know, so the moms can have like a little bit of a break and the Malta we love the Malta house moms. The Malta house moms are great. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, every, it, you know, when we do work with Malta house, then that gives us the opportunity to do a little catechesis on respecting life. And what yes, this, yes. this woman has chosen, you know, she has chosen to make the decision, even though she's in a tough spot right now, to bring this beautiful child of God into the world. And now we're going to support that mom. And this is how, this is one way, just one way we can do it.
3: Right.
2: So, right. you know, we work with children, you know, we work, we work with those children. We um, we have an outreach um, to, the, to young people with special needs. So they come to the parish once a month and we play bingo and we have a cooking demonstration. We have a a young man who we call Chef Drew, and he does a cooking demonstration and gets them to cook something that they can take home. And quite often we'll share a meal together. And um, these young, you know, they're mostly 18 to probably like 28. And they come over, they wear their red St. Aloysius Youth Group T-shirts because we've given them to them. And the parents drop them off and they come back. So we give the parents of these special needs kids who, you know, God bless them. Their their lives are are full of taking care of their young people, right? We give them a little bit of a break and they come back and they love. I I just, I watch the eyes of them. And I say to, to our teens, watch those parents when they come back because you are making it possible for their young person to just hang out with you in a, in a very natural setting and you're welcoming them and you're making them feel special. Mm
1: -hmm. So we've
2: Mm -hmm. got special needs. We've got the seniors, we go into New York city and we do breakfast and midnight runs, which, I would love to do in Bridgeport. We got to figure out how to do that in Bridgeport. What's
3: the I, uh, what is the breakfast run? I know the so, midnight run.
2: So there's an organ so there's an organization called the Midnight Run in New York City. yep. And we've been doing this for years. and many of our parishes in the diocese do participate in midnight and breakfast runs. So this organization actually you know gets word out onto the streets of New York where a certain church will be at a certain night or on a certain morning. And then what we do is we uh, appeal to our parishioners to donate clothing, to donate, um, you know, uh, socks, underwear, that type of thing, toiletries. We cook in the morning, we cook breakfast sandwiches and have hot coffee. And then we caravan into the city. And we serve those that are on the streets.
3: But Chris, is midnight literally mean midnight?
2: Well, when we go on a midnight run, it does, Bishop. So we leave New Canaan about 8.30. So our first, uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock, our first stop is about 10. And we finish about 1 o'clock in the morning.
3: And the breakfast run, what time do you leave?
2: We we leave here at St. Aloysius at 7. And we serve at about 8.30. There you only make one stop. And I like those because you get to... Really talk to the guys and the ladies on the streets, oh yeah, and pray with to the them breakfast. too, yeah. And then absolutely. we're back by eleven, yeah.
3: Wow, wow. We have much more to talk about after our break. We have this is fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is great, Chris. You said that uh, you didn't think you were hip enough, but you seem pretty cool. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: thank you. No, no, I- and mind you, he's never said that about me,
0: Chris. Just <laughs> for the record, <laughs> I think you're hip. <laughs> Uh, On that note, this is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. His Excellency is speaking with Chris Otis, who heads up youth ministry at St. Aloysius Parish in New Canaan. Be right back after the break.
1: The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org.
0: Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Um, His Excellency is speaking with Chris Otis, who has headed up a thriving youth ministry program at St. Aloysius for a long time. Excellency? Yeah. You, you have
3: mentioned as one of the cornerstones of everything that you're doing ministerially is leadership of young people. That is young people taking responsibility to pray and to organize and to all the rest. So how do you get young people trained and comfortable in doing that?
2: OK, so um, we I'm actually starting now for next year. Most of our most of our leaders are rising juniors and seniors so mm-hmm. that they are young people who have been engaged in youth ministry. And it, it's very interesting in in um, in our youth ministry here. You know, I've, we've got kids who do everything. And then we have young people who really find a passion for one thing, which I think is is fabulous. Like, I love that. So young people will come to me and say, Mrs. Otis, I'd like to be a teen leader for Malta House next year. So here's what what happens. So we kind of put out the call and there's, you know, the call that, you know, if you'd like to be a teen leader, let us know. They fill out kind of a little application that just, you know, gives us some background information on them. And um, we ask them to tell us why they would like to be a teen leader. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, I, I try very, very hard to make sure that we have a balance of, of young men and young women so that as they go out to their peers, there's representation. Um, we try and get representation from different schools because be, besides New Canaan High School, we have a couple of private schools here in New Canaan. And we also have some of the Catholic schools um, that participate, Fairfield Prep gentlemen participate in our youth ministry efforts. And so we then come up with our roster of teen leaders, and I'm actually um, I, I I've been calling it for the past ten years, whatever, just teen leaders, but I'm making a little switch this year um, because I I, I want to refine this 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 opportunity and this this catechesis for them a little bit more. Um, I'm I want to call it emerging Catholic leaders because I I want them. I want the word Catholic to be in there because I think there that it's one thing to be a leader, but it's another thing to be a Catholic leader. Mm -hmm. And I think when you say, I would like you to be a Catholic leader, it's a little bit more than just organizing and planning an event. Okay. So we're, we're going to call this, this group of young people now emerging Catholic leaders. And what happens is, in the the, the the late summer, they will actually come together. Um, they come for a training session with myself, with Father David Franklin, and with our pastor Monsignor Monsignor Rob. And we we spend time during that training session talking about what it means to be a leader. What are the leadership qual- What are leadership qualities? Why are why, why were you you chosen to be here? We will, we will continue to refine what it means now to be a Catholic leader, because I think we're at that point where that's where we are here, right? And then uh, we talk to them about the responsibilities of being a Catholic leader, okay? Uh. What does that mean, right? Uh, and look, none of us are perfect, but we want them to be willing to strive to be a good Catholic Christian. And we will walk through what does that mean for them, okay? Right. Because right. once they're a leader, they're, they're setting the example for their peers. Right. They're, they're representing not only St. Aloysius, but the Catholic Church. So we want them to be regular mass goers. and 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 not just say, be a regular mass goer, but why is it important what do we believe about the Eucharist and Mass? What? How are you being? This is this is part of how you're getting, going to be fed to be a leader,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, here at, at Saint Alphonsus. So you Church. do it
3: yourself, Chris. Sorry. You do it yourself. In other words,
2: with 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 our clergy, with right. With,
3: but it's all with, parish based. It's not it's like a program parish. or.
2: It's all, no. It's all parish based, and mm. then we will actually take them through. And um, Father David Roman usually does this. Um, we will take them through. A little uh, portion of the training on how do you pray, how can you form prayer. Here are some different steps to go through. Okay, we give them a little sheet with little cheat sheet, and then we say to them, okay, pick a partner and practice. Try it, right? Try it. And before we do it, we'll we'll obviously we'll model it to them. Okay, so we'll have you know like myself and Father David will get up and and we'll model it right. And then we have them practice so that we teach them how to pray. Because a lot of times when when you're with a a group of young people, you say, okay, who would like to, to, to lead our opening prayer? And you know what happens? They all go, eyes down, right? And you know why they do that? Because they don't know how to do it. They've never been, they've never, no one has ever told them, it's you know yes the Holy Spirit is going to fill you with the words but but here's some here's here's some things that you can say right here's a little here's some steps right so we teach them how to do that and um, you know so 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 we have a little training session for them and then what happens is from there we launch into our small groups of leaders so each of our outreaches so mall to house usually has four or five teen leaders. So those teen leaders then will start meeting and planning, what are we going to do? And it is not just myself and the teens, but we also ask the parents to be involved. So we ask the mothers or fathers to make sure that their safe environments compliant. And we ask them to walk with us because guess what? Sometimes the teens can't go buy something at a store. Right. But a mom can go do that for us. Okay. So, and then those parents are also our, our safe environment support and our adult mentors when we go and do our mission, when we go to Malta house, when we go to to the Bronx, when we go on a midnight run,
3: how many, how many fathers are involved?
2: Uh, I would say of, of my teen, of my teen leaders, um, there's more, m- many more mothers, but I've got five or six dads that are Great. are very involved. Great. Yes, and Great. I would tell you, even when we go down to the Bronx, right, and you're you're with these young children in the Bronx, and they do not have positive male role models in their lives, to just watch them gravitate to our fathers because they don't have fathers. Or they, right. they have fathers, but they don't have fathers who are involved in their lives necessarily. Right, who, who right? may live
3: with them or whatever it may be. Yes.
2: Right. And mm-hmm. they they gravitate towards them. And our dads are amazing. Yes. And, you know, in in, uh, in June, we do a breakfast run. And we do it on, Bishop, we do it on Father's Day. Oh. And we get up and I say to these dads, I don't think there's anything better than you as a father saying, This is what I want to do the morning of Father's Day. I don't need breakfast in bed. I don't need to you know, go out to breakfast. I want to get up and I want to go serve with you. That's what I want to do.
3: Yeah, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. You know, I remember when we had the synod, the diocesan synod, Mm. which was now, my gosh, it must be eight years ago, nine years ago.
1: Yeah.
3: And your youth group. So you was probably you were just probably starting a couple of years into this, yeah. right?
2: Yes. And
3: tell tell everyone what, oh what my gosh. To, yeah the group well, did. It was a, yeah, it was yeah. a riot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yes. Well, and that you know that was my second food structure. So we oh, built was, uh, we built a lighthouse because let's see, I, I got to remember back now. Why did we build the lighthouse? Because that was uh, part I, of I, your I, theme, right?
3: Uh, I'm senile now. I don't remember. I think it, but whatever I think it was. <laughs> I think the
2: lighthouse was part of your theme somehow. <laughs> But we built the lighthouse was probably, I don't know, 12, 15 feet tall. And we we uh, we collected um, we collected funds to buy hundreds and hundreds of cans of tuna fish. And we constructed we worked with an architect and we constructed a lighthouse out of tuna fish cans.
3: It was tremendous.
2: and then all of the food was donated to uh, Thomas Merton and Covenant. And I think Blessed Sacrament came in and, and got mm-hmm. some for their food mm-hmm. pantry. Mm-hmm. And a couple years before that, we had actually do- we made Noah's Ark out of peanut butter and jelly. Really? And I'll tell you how that happened. We were serving at Thomas Merton and there at Thomas Merton, we would, we would work in their little food pantry and, what, and they would say they can get one of this, they can get one of this. And on the same shelf was peanut butter and jelly. But they could only get one thing from that shelf. And one of my teens said, Mrs. Otis, it, it's not fair. They can't get both peanut butter and jelly. You know, that's not right. You need peanut butter and jelly together. And I said to this teen, well, what do you think we should do about that? And he said, well, I think we should collect peanut butter and jelly. And so we did a whole peanut butter and jelly collection. And we made Noah's Ark out of peanut butter and jelly. What Have you done any others? No, but I want to. I want to do one this fall. Oh, yeah. I, do, oh, <laughs> I
3: would absolutely support it. I think I that would do be one. a great idea.
2: I know. I want to do one. <laughs>
3: Let's do the Borge Dubai, 2,500 feet. We could, we, scum, <laughs> <laughs> we could, huge thing.
2: <laughs> you have vision, Bishop. You have vision. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but you see, but, but again, that's something that the young people involved will never Forget.
2: forget, never, never forget. forget. Yeah, you know, in your in your your talks with 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 the, the people that you mm-hmm. shepherd, mm-hmm. I, I remember you talking about spiritual dynamite. We need spiritual dynamite, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I think we need a combination. I think some people are going to be moved by spiritual dynamite, and then I think there's others that they're going to be transformed in a little quieter way. And you know, we just have to meet people where they are. And I think. Amen that Amen. that's that's an important part of of Amen. you know what we need to offer right. our young people
3: right you know what it's it's interesting you say that is I look at my own life and you know I was not an athletic kid i was not uh I was actually a very quiet kid I wasn't you know super popular all that stuff and yet i I loved to read um and in conversation. You know, with 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 my classmates and you know people in the neighborhood, we get into these really rip roaring conversations and discussions, and and it was funny sometimes other kids would join in in the conversation. My point being, everyone's cut from a different mold. Yeah, right. An effective youth ministry, effective ministry period, has to meet people where they're at, and like I said on Sunday for the the mass and lift them higher. Yeah, that's ultimately what we're about. Right. So it sounds like you're doing that extraordinarily well with our young people.
2: Well, we're, we're trying. And I tell you, I the one thing that I do, that I have recognized, I think, about young people is they they crave community, right? They're they're always looking down at their phones. So we want to give them as many opportunities to look look up, to look a person in the eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And to be a part of community. And so through all of these offerings, through youth ministry, through our Emmaus Teen Retreats, you know, we do two Emmaus Teen Retreats every year, um, and and those are those, those are spiritual dynamite for us. I would yes. say here at St. Aloysius.
3: Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. They're I spiritual agree. Dynamite. And they came up in one of the, I'm not sure if you were at, I think you were at that meeting when Emmaus came up
2: yes. and I'd su- yes. suggest,
3: and you volunteered to be, to put together a little group to seed Emmaus in other places. If and, and I did,
2: ha- I had some people come up and talk to me afterwards. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the thing that, that is beautiful about Emmaus is, you know, you, you, it, you bring these young people to the mountaintop, Right. And you, there's so many like mini conversion moments that happen on an Emmaus retreat weekend for not only our young people, but for the, the adults that are involved in it. And you talked about, you you love the, the whole concept of intergenerational, you know, it, and that's what Emmaus is. It's the people of God of all ages. It's mentorship. It's families continuing it for years and years and years. And grandparents, and now their children, and now their children coming. And so many beautiful graces have come out of our Emmaus retreats. I mean, we, I had one, I had one gentleman one time come to me after going to an Emmaus retreat. He was one of our non-Catholics because we are ecumenical and we invite non-Catholics to come and experience the retreat. And he came to me at the beginning of one of our five o'clock masses and he said, Mrs. Otis, I need to talk to you. I want to be baptized. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I said, Mass is starting. Let's chat after Mass. And long story short, he and another young man, um, after speaking, you know, after we met with their parents, uh, went on a beautiful, beautiful spiritual journey with Father David Roman and myself and two other mothers, and we formed them. And uh, they were supposed to be <laughs> receive their sacraments at our Easter vigil during COVID. And we had to postpone it. And finally, we had a special mass for them. And I will tell you, those two young men were sparked by Emmaus. They met Jesus there. They recognized him there, just like the, the disciples on the road. And those two young men to this day, they're both in college now. And they are still as on fire as they mm-hmm. were day one.
3: I could augment that in this sense. I think the stirrings of the renewal are, are are starting. I was at Sacred Heart University, and for the first time in my 10 years in Bridgeport, there were two baptisms of two of the students and 11 confirmations. Of the 11, I believe there were four also First Holy Communions. And to see those two baptized and the yep. church must have had 500 college students
2: love it it's just
3: such a powerful moment right yes. so again it, you're right it it it's it is. so now i have a question yes another question oh boy <laughs> so all these years have gone by how have you seen the needs of young people change Ooh. or have they changed
2: they have yeah they they i i yeah, well young people have changed right um they were busy before now they're really really busy you know they are so busy. So I think one of the challenges is I, I was talking to your uh, some of our confirmation students. You're going to be here on Saturday to confirm 120 young people. Yes. So I was yes I was I was meeting I was yes. meeting with them yesterday. They were they came in to, for the sacrament of reconciliation. So they're in a state of grace for Saturday. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they came after they received the sacrament. They came over to the parish office building and um, and I was able to have some time with them. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I said to them was when you're confirmed on Saturday, you're going to be, you're going to be, you know, kneeling in front of Bishop Caggiano. He's going to seal you with the gift of the Holy spirit. You're going to have these beautiful seven gifts. And I said to them, and then you're going to be a fully initiated Catholic. And I said to them, and that comes with responsibility. That comes with responsibility because now you have to figure out where Jesus needs you. And he needs us all in different places. And part of what we do here is walk with our young people so that they can help understand where Jesus needs them. Because we've all got different gifts and talents. And I say to them, what I'm good at, maybe you're not that good at. And what you're good at, I probably stink at, right? So we just have to figure that out. So I think, you know, young people, they're very busy. I I, I think that they just need to be awakened as to how important it is to continue to have God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, faith in their lives.
3: Mm-hmm. What about and, COVID? What about COVID? How oh, they change? Well,
2: you know what? That was interesting because Monsignor Rob challenged us not to shut down. So we just got super creative, I think. You know, we 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 made a list of our elderly folks in the community. And I went out to our youth ministry families and all of all these elderly people got adopted by our youth ministry, our our young people and their families. And so they would call them once a week. They would run and get groceries and drop them at the door. Do you know I have one family who were matched up during COVID and to this day, they are such great friends. They go see this woman who is basically homebound now, like every week. They have dinner with her it, it, and it was all because it was, it was a blessing that came from COVID. Now this woman has somebody that's coming to see her all the time. So we oh. never shut down. We got really creative. We prayed the rosary on zoom. We did, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. with our single moms and their kids on zoom. We would do crafts mm-hmm. on zoom and we would deliver bags to doors. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did the best that we could.
3: No, you know, you did a tremendous job. I I, I wonder you know, there's a lot of anecdotal stuff that's come out of COVID. One in particular. You know, my nephew. It's funny. It shows you how technologically backward I am. Uh, I really have not watched much of YouTube in my whole life. Oh, yeah. Because I always thought it was entertainment. Like, what do, I don't? I don't. Life is entertaining enough. I don't have to watch it right.
2: right.
3: But I didn't realize how really a lot of solid educational material is on YouTube. Anyway.
2: Yeah. You just have to find it, right? You got to watch the right YouTube stuff.
3: Exactly, so I, I stumbled on one. He, he pointed it out to me, and then I've, I've gone back to it. This uh, a psychiatrist who um, spoke about young men in particular and the topic was friendship
2: hmm.
3: and how for young men in uh, 1990, only 3% of young men Young being between the ages of let's say 16 and 25. S- only 3% said they had not a single close friend. Wow. In surveying last year, that went up to 15%. And and I wondered to myself how much COVID had to do with that, but there's a hunger there. So that 15%, if they get the right friend. Right? right, then they have right. a pathway to everything we're yeah. talking about, right? And, so and guess what?
2: This is where they might find that friend. Yeah, and this would be a good friend to have. Yeah, right. And 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 the way that that our young people come together in all these different opportunities, they're coming from different walks of life, from different mm-hmm. schools, and so they normally might not encounter one another. Um, even at even at New Canaan High School, you know, they could be at the same high school and they may not want encounter oh, one it's, another. Yeah, because but it's now, a big school, right? Right. I mean mm-hmm. well, it's it's like twelve hundred, so it's 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 not huge, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's it's big. But but by coming and participating here at St. Aloysius in some of our opportunities, now guess what? Oh wait, well, I kind of knew that who that kid was, mm-hmm. but I never knew his name or you know, he's a big football player. But now when I walk in the hall, guess what? After the Emmaus weekend, he says hi to me because he knows me.
3: Right. That's right? where the communities, right, because the football people are community and the, you know whoever else happens to be a community, but then Emmaus also connects them, right?
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got, exactly. It, 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 yeah the, everything yeah. connects them.
3: Yeah. You know, is, all the, in, in New Canaan, Chris, is, is there only one public high school?
2: There's only one high school. Yes.
3: Just New Canaan High
2: School. There is mm-hmm. only one high school, so they're all going to high school. You know, the majority of our young people are all at at high school together, mm-hmm. and the high school is in. You know, is we're not a big town, you know that. So the high school no. is is close by. Right. So I didn't know if you know that once once a month we have a before school teen mass. Did you know that we have them no, come? No, no. we have them, we have them come to mass at seven o'clock with our uh, seven o'clock mass goers. Oh, and great! They come to mass. And then, as they go out, we feed them. We give them a little breakfast bag, and they they go off to school.
3: Oh, I lo- I'm coming to that. What, you what's in the bag? it. Well, it depends. What's in the bag, time. Chris? What's in the bag? What are you giving uh, out?
2: A, okay. Well, when it's not Lent, okay, a, a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich from Liz Sue Bagels.
3: Oh my!
2: And then we have a host of other things. We have fruit. We have fruit snacks. We have we have donuts. We have- oh,
3: Look at this. Look at Steve. Steve's going to be ahead of me on the line. I could see it in his face right here.
0: <laughs> why weren't you there when I was at New Canaan High School?
2: <laughs> well, you know, you know the Holy Spirit tells me I have to feed these kids.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, it's okay. Oh. But
2: that that's not why they're coming. Trust me, that is not no. why they're coming. No, and no, at no. The, and at that mass it's beautiful because our our usual readers and extraordinary ministers of holy communion the adults mm-hmm. They stand aside and they let our teens fill those roles on those mornings yeah. that we do that, Right. which is right. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's, true. it's beautiful.
3: So, what what's your plans now for the next few years? Any other projects on your mind for youth ministry? Well, or?
2: well, I am very excited because we are getting a youth room finally.
3: Oh, in <laughs> we, the new building?
2: We're have in our new building. Yes, we 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 have uh, we have a big. We have a big campus renovation plan, and uh, at one of one of the byproducts of it will be our own dedicated state-of-the-art youth space that will fit the number of teens that we need to accommodate. Oh, that's great. So I'm super excited.
3: That's great. And actually, uh, Monsignor uh, texted me and said the plan was approved unanimously by the by the building, whatever that yes. is in New Canaan, building yes. committee, planning or zoning, and zoning committee, or-
2: Planning and zoning. Yes, planning, planning and, zoning. and zoning.
3: They approved it. So, so we, we, are, we, have, we are we have full a little, speed ahead.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a little more money to raise, but I I can I know we can count on our people. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah.
3: You know, without a doubt.
2: It's all going to be great.
3: Well, Chris, thank you. First of all, thank you for all that you're doing. It's you're a model for what, please God, one day every parish will either do for itself or share with other parishes next to them. Right. As they join together, and I'm Thank grateful you. for all of that. And you probably will have no idea of the depth and breadth of the difference you have made until, please God, we're all in heaven, and all of these people mm-hmm. will make it clear to you what a pro- profound difference you have made in their life. And and I'm excited to work with you as we move, as we do the one, as we talk about it, yeah. because a lot of what you're doing can be seeded elsewhere. Other parishes and other leaders don't have to start from scratch. They don't.
2: Right, right. right? I, they I, can I, learn my, from my your- philosophy. Yeah, my philosophy is just if you build it, they will come, and they will. They they're craving mm-hmm. this. Our young mm-hmm. people are craving this. They mm-hmm. want this.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I'll tell you. So when I was at New Canaan High School, it was not twelve hundred kids. It was just over eight hundred. But I did I did Emmaus. I was a candidate on Emmaus sixteen. I don't know what number you guys are up to now. But... We're,
2: we're we're this fall will be eighty three. eighty oh three.
0: Wow. <laughs> so. I, and, and I agree with you, the opportunity for encounter with Jesus on that weekend and through serving on Emmaus's after you're a candidate, and also the sense of community was fundamental for a shy, dorky kid like me in high school. And I wish, but I wish we had a youth ministry program that was so robust back then. I don't even remember if there was a youth ministry program, but if there was, I didn't participate in that. So Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, thank you, and it's all a bridge. It's a bridge, right? Yes. Without a doubt,
0: and,
3: and without a doubt, and, and if I may just have one last comment, and that is, the genius of it is you. It is approaching and serving the young person in all his or her needs, mm-hmm. like we've talked about over and over again. So you want to teach them in the mind, you want to engage their hearts, you will have to give their will something to do. You have to give them community they belong with. That's how you make a real effective opportunity to continually meet Jesus, not just once, but over and yes. over again yes. and build a relationship. Right. Exactly.
0: Now i exactly. that.
3: Tremendous. So,
0: so we're going to take one more break uh, yep. and come back with a listener question. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, we have been speaking with Chris Otis, the youth ministry Director at St. Aloysius in New Canaan Doing an amazing job Uh, We will be right back Hey, it's Matt from Restless On the Veritas Catholic Radio Network Each week on Restless We young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ In today's crazy and mixed up world Join us each Friday at noon On 1350 AM, 103.9 FM The Veritas app Or wherever you get your shows Hope to see you there. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano, but Excellency. We received uh, an interesting question this week about the relationship between justice and mercy. So let me at, let me read the question to you. Yes, it says, Bishop Frank, we recently celebrated Divine Mercy Sunday. As I have learned about this devotion, I have been moved and comforted by the idea of God's overwhelming mercy. Praying the Divine Mercy Novena, I feel as though very few people have gone to hell, if any. Is God's mercy so great that even the worst sinner might be in heaven? Well, that's, that's
3: a, a, it's an interesting question um, because uh, to which we have no answer. We don't know. I guess the real question is, it's not the greatness of God's mercy, which is indisputable, is obvious, is always available. It's our receptivity to it. So let me ask you a question. If you were thirsty, just parched, and you put your glass in in the faucet, under the faucet, upside down, and never filled, whose fault is it, the water or the glass? And it's yours. <laughs> so in a sense, are there individuals who, despite the superabundance of God's mercy, close themselves completely to it? I would think the answer is, yeah, I'm sure they have been. As sad as that is for me to say, yeah, I'm sure they have been. And, and that is the question of whether or not a person cuts himself off completely from the merciful love of God. We pray that that is not the case for the people we know and the people we love and the and the people who have lived. But I, yeah, I mean, to think that everyone has opened themselves is perhaps a bit too optimistic. Mm-hmm. As, as sober as that is for me to say. I hope I'm wrong. I'd be the first one to be happy to be wrong. <laughs> but the church teaches there is a hell and the church teaches that You know, to enter into it is that decision to cut yourself off from the love of God. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So if you have a question for Bishop Frank, send it in on social media or email questions at VeritasCatholic.com. Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So is Veritas Catholic Network. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Foundations in Faith. A grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations in Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsinfaith.org. And Chris Otis, thank you so much for joining us today. What great insight and, and wisdom and experience. Oh, I thank agree. Thank you so
2: much for having me.
0: I agree. Chris, keep is, up the great work. Thank you. Is there some place where uh, if there are young people out there who are like, I want to get involved, where can they go to find out what you're up to?
2: Yes. So if you go to uh, uh, www.starcc.com, that's our parish website. You can click on our youth ministry page and you can also put in St. Aloysius Youth on Instagram or Facebook. We're also on those two platforms.
3: Great. Great. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank
2: God you bless so you for your
0: work. Yep. And so before we go, Excellency, would you please give us your blessing? Yes, button? of course. I'd be happy to.
3: In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, we give you thanks, O Lord, for the gift of the resurrection of your Son, and the hope and life that comes to us through him. We ask that your Holy Spirit bless Chris and all those involved in youth ministry in St. A's, and all those in our diocese and throughout our church who have dedicated their lives to our young people. May their efforts, and more importantly, their witness, continue to inspire and bless the lives of our young people. May your Holy Spirit accompany us and bless us always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Chris, keep up the good work. I'll see you at St. A's for confirmation.
2: See you Saturday.
3: Yep.